Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Just Servants. Just Servants. Levi, what does Just Servants mean? We are here to serve. Who are we here to serve? We are here to serve you, everyone, and the Lord especially. Most importantly, the Lord. Amen. Definitely the Lord. Yep. So this week, we have a little treat for you. Another treat? Another treat. Another famous guest. Very famous. Very amazing. And if I can remember last week, it is going to be back-to-back Chris's. Oh, wow. That is... Back-to-back. Wow. Not just any Chris's. Elite Chris's. Two elite Chris's. Okay. Top tier. Now, the Chris we have here today is a man known to the world of Gentiles and Jews, Levi. Yes. The Israel knows him. The Israel he, he walks the land of Israel. He he has. And he wants to take a trip with our class. He mentions it all the time, which would be awesome. Well, I can't seem to get this <laughs> class to want to go to the Holy Land, though. I don't know yes, what's up with I that. I want to go to the Holy Land, and I'm actually going Mark Strout. All right, well, you got to speak up, Levi. I'm like, hey, who wants to go to the Holy Land? I got crickets. No, <laughs> okay, well, this special guest is none other than the Chris Katolka. Boom. What's up? What's up? Que pasa? Que pasa? Now, Chris is our um, intertestamental period uh, professor. Yep. If you didn't hear that, it's intertestamental period professor. Mm-hmm. That's what I am. Now, Chris, what exactly is that period? Yeah. Intertestamental period is that time, guys, because you were just in the class. <laughs> You're just in the class between the testaments, between the Old Testament Oops. and the New Testament. It's a singular page. It's one page. That's right. Like it exactly. Takes 400 one years. page. Killing Only if you it. bring your paper Bible, though. That's right. Uh, yeah, because you know, <laughs> digital Bibles. No. Nah, Actually, honestly, work. I think it's one page in Logos too. I oh, think is it just. Really? I think it just has an individual page. Oh, there is a page in there in yep. the digital. Yep. All right. Well, it's in not Logos, cool, there you go. It's no. not as cool. It doesn't flap in the wind. It's like not like oh, this page. You know, I could rip it. Out. You don't. But you that's know right. What I mean? It's like 400 years in my single. Now, Levi. so a little, little bit of a broad question. Who are you? <laughs> that is a very. Pro- I'm still trying to figure that out myself. My name is Chris Katolka. Uh, I am a husband to Karen Katolka. I am a father to Olive Cohen, Preston, and Levi. Which, Levi, yeah, Levi, exactly. Uh, I think I think Ryan is cool. <clears throat> moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've got uh, those four kiddos. Uh, I'm a husband to Karen Katolka. I also, for ministry, I serve with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Mm-hmm. And I do a bunch of different things. Is that what you want to know about? Is that part of the broad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'll just talk about, so I do a radio show with them. I host a radio program. We're heard on like 400 stations. Woo! Woo-hoo. And maybe then, one day. Maybe one day. You guys are <laughs> heading there. You're in the right direction. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, we got uh, the Jew and Gentile podcast, which I think you guys just subscribed to. Yes, we did. Log in. And I'm going to be uh, subscribing to Just Servants. Yeah. Word. And um, and uh, then I also write for a magazine. I have a book coming out. Ooh. Does that matter? That matters. Mm-hmm. It's called Israel Always. And then finally, um, I get the great privilege of being able to oversee all of our uh, field workers, but friends of Israel in the United States and in Canada. Um, so I play drums. Oh wow! I play oh. piano. Oh wow! A man of many talents. All trades. Mm-hmm. Oh. I play guitar. Air um, guitar, especially. Air. Oh yeah, you guys see that? In Different class. breed of air guitarist. Mm-hmm, exactly. 
And I'm trying to think of another hobby I like. Did you want a hobby too? Yeah. Yep, yep, Why yep. not? Okay, I'm trying to think of something. Hiding else. from your kids when they're crazy? Oh, dude, killing it. That's it. I'm a really wow. good at hiding. I'm really <laughs> good. And I'm really short, which I think we're going to talk about later too. Later by later. Game. What he means by later is right now. So, <laughs> a question from one of our stu- one of our peers in our class who who himself is pretty short, and he wants to know. How? Oh, he's short too. He is short. short. He is short. Oh, killing it! So, how would you suggest being a short king? How would you tell someone to be an elite short king? You know, like David, a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Well, not short. Well, I will just can I just say something about short people really quick? Yes, go ahead. At some point, you have to remember I'm five four. Okay, (laughs) and and, I I love that you're laughing at that already. I love that you're like already <laughs> laughing at just a number. And so I'm 5'4", but I would just like to say that the average height during the day of Jesus, days of Jesus was 5'4". Yes, so it I was. like to consider you all like Nephilim, huge, crazy people, <laughs> and I'm just actually the average Joe, you know? Do you think in heaven... And our, you know, beautiful resurrected bodies were all going to be five foot four that, since that was the average. <laughs> I like to think that I'm a great template for what's to come in the future. <laughs> what does it mean to be a short king? Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, just a short king. Is that what you're asking? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how serious I should take this podcast okay. right now. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. So, so by short king, we mean how do you embrace the shortness yeah. while still being an elite human male specimen? Oh my goodness! Well, here are what it, let me tell you what it's all about. Number one, confidence in mm. the Lord. Mm. Amen. All right. Amen. Could I'm not have said that better myself. I'm not even joking. Um, you know, there's a lot of times I wish I was a little bit taller and I wish I was a baller. Okay. (laughs) So there are times that I wish I could reach up and grab that thing from the shelf to help my wife out. (laughs) Exactly. There are times that those things wash over me, but you know what I'm like? I'm like, no, my identity is in Christ. Mm. Okay. And if I go to any other country in the world, this isn't a problem among all the other top, you know, I'm the average person. I'm the average height. So I have to remind myself that I am going to be confident in the Lord. And I'll be honest with you, straight up, guys, at some point, you just don't care anymore because <clears throat> I know that you look at me like I'm some munchkin walking around with a big mouth, but I feel pretty confident. So. Confidence is key. That's right. Write it down. That's right. I just can't play basketball. So (laughs) that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So this question is a little bit more of a quick question from Mr. Isaac Smith. Mm. How do you groom slash cut your beard? Man, Isaac's beard is baller. It is amazing. I honestly bright and red. Well, and also I think Isaac, if I remember correctly, because we only met from kind of a distance, um, (laughs) is that uh, in class is that he has a bald head too. Yes, he he does. does. Now, if you will now see, you're looking at me and going, "Chris is a short guy," but you know what? I'm less confident about. It's not my height. If you look down, I'm balding (laughs) up here. So is Ryan. It's It's okay. (laughs) So. All I'm saying is this actually has me more concerned than my height. So when I look when I look at uh, when I look at um, Isaac, I'm like, dude, he's so baller because his beard is baller. It's long, but he's also got that shaved head, which I might have to do one day. Is a shaved yeah, head, so yeah, yeah. I might be calling on Isaac for future discipleship in that way. 
But uh, how do? What was the question? Groom in the beard from yeah, Isaac. Yeah. Groom and cut. Well, you know what's funny is my wife would say I don't groom it good. It, like it's a little unyieldy. So unwieldy. So I would say that I try to do some good beard butter. In fact, there's a guy here, and man, he Tom. Tom, do you know Tom? Um, you know what I'm talking about with the beard. Um, He's, he is my height actually. Oh, he has, a, he has a beard. No, 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 I was gonna say Tommy Sill, but Tommy Sill is not your height. No, um, this guy. So does any, he work property services? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, Tom. So Tom, he, he is an awesome guy. He's got a beard, and he's a beard evangelist for like uh, beard <laughs> products. And a few years ago, when I was teaching here, he gave me a whole case of beard like product. And so I am a bearded product person. That's what the company's called. Thanks to Tom here. So uh, there's a beard brotherhood. That I'm honored to be a part of. And that's where it all kind of stems to. You said evangelist. Mm-hmm. What is the big deal in evangelist? What do evangelists do? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, he's an evangelist in the sense that he shares the good news good about news. the company. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. About the products to make a good beer, to take an unyieldy, uh, really disgusting beard and to make it something um, perfect. W- Wait, but beard products can do that? Yeah, beard products, they take the dirt and the grime and the things that would make somebody not want to be close to them and make them dirty. And really what it does is the beard products clean the beard, get it nice and straight and make it so that it's attractive and 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 seriously righteous. Wow. Now, I don't know. Something's just... I'm getting like deja vu or something. Hmm. I feel like I've heard this somewhere else. I feel like someone may have done that for me. Someone's done that for you? I mean, I, not my beard. Cause oh, like, okay. But like in a different way, someone someone may have done that for me. Mm. Who, who, who was that, Ryan? Is it the bearded product company? No. But you guys no. don't have beards. No. Hey, wait. I'm trying. Oh, that's right. I'm trying. <laughs> Keep trying, brother. I'm trying. Now. That's a pretty I, short beard. Okay. Right. <laughs> it just got trimmed. <laughs> but that, I don't know, that person, I don't, initials JC? JC? I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Would you, Chris, it, would you know what that stands he, for? Jesus he, he, Cristo? Jesus. Mm. Yeshua HaMashiach? Jesus Christ? Yeshua <laughs> HaMashiach. HaMashiach. All right, Mr. Chris. Yes. Who is Jesus Christ, and what is this beard company thing that he's doing for us? Okay, oh, that's good. Jesus Beard Company. All right, in all seriousness, can I get serious for a moment? Serious, all please, because right, so, this is the most important thing that these right. listeners will ever hear for the rest of their life. All right. All due respect. All due respect. The reality is this, is that a beard that is left unkept, that is dirty, is actually something that doesn't attract people. And you know what? The reality is this, is that in our own lives, uh, we're dirty. And actually, we carry shame, and we carry sin, and we carry guilt with us. Because of the things that we've done throughout our life, actually, it's a part of who we are uh, because of what the, the Bible teaches, that it goes back to Adam and Eve, that from the very moment that Adam and Eve disobeyed God, uh, they became sinful. And that sin, that dirt, that shame, that thing that separated us from God continues on even to this point. But God didn't leave us hopeless. That's the amazing thing. Instead of God being like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm done with this place. These people are crazy. Uh, He actually stepped into the sin. He actually stepped into the shame. And he came to fix the issue of sin once and for all. And just like those beard products go and take this unwieldy beard and make it nice and clean and righteous, if you will, so that people are like, hey, nice beard. Uh, Tell me about your beard. Jesus, uh, I almost feel sinful. 
I almost feel <laughs> wrong connecting it like this. But Jesus does the same thing to us. We are dirty. We are sinful. We carry these things with us. And there is no way for us to have a relationship with God on our own. But it's amazing, guys, that God fixed the problem all by himself by sending his son. And his son came to die a, a sinner's death, even though he was innocent. And by dying on the cross for us and shedding his blood, uh, he provided a way for forgiveness that by asking and repenting and turning to the Lord and asking for forgiveness, it actually says he cleanses us of our sin. And because of what Christ has done, we can be righteous in the eyes of God and be secure in our salvation, knowing with confidence, just like I'm confident in my height, confident (laughs) that we're going to go and see him one day in heaven. And so that is kind of the idea of what it means to be an evangelist to be able to share the, I would call that good news. Yeah. Ron, you know what I got to say about that? Beard. Wow. 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 So this man, this man, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. Yeah. And your sins. Yeah. And his sins. Yeah. And everyone's sins. Yeah. And then rose again. Yeah. And all you got to do is believe. Wow. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I got a question couple questions about israel for you you okay. mentioned israel israel what do you do in israel how many times have you been to israel mm-hmm. i've been to israel about 20 times wow okay right okay quick math what's you... your what do you think you spent in plane tickets oh 10 uh maybe even a hundred thousand dollars in plane tickets yeah uh-huh yeah over there. it's pretty expensive to get over there so what do you do over there? Okay, so we do a couple things. So I've lead tours over there, which I'm trying to get people to go. But y'all, I don't know, there's a lot of Word of Life people listen to this podcast. I'm trying to get these Word of Life people to go with me. Come on now, people. I'm, there's I'm there's some Word of Life listeners. we got a lot of foreign listeners. And... All right. Well, y'all need to come to Israel with me. Um, uh, we do uh, volunteer work in Israel, too, for young adults. It's called Ooh. Origins. And it's basically like a, a ministry trip where you're able to go and serve the Israeli people. And we do that through various ways. We've done it in a hospital where we serve in a local hospital. And we partner with a local church plant in Israel. Um, or we also um, serve at like a food bank. Um, and so you get a chance to like pick fruit and vegetables and make sure they get to the right places so they help the, the poor people of Israel. Um, which is awesome. But you know what's so cool about going there when you do like a ministry trip or you, maybe you've done like a missions trip before? What's that? Is that, you know, like when you do devotions, when you maybe you go to some uh, some country and you're like opening your Bible. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, in Israel, the coolest part about it is when you're going to do devotions at night, you're like, why are we just sitting in this house when we can actually go to the place mm-hmm. where these devotions happened? And so we take trips all around Israel. We tour the land. We swim in the Sea of Galilee. We swim in the Dead Sea. We swim in the Mediterranean. We go to Jerusalem. We cave in ancient caves that date back to the time period of David and Solomon, um, which is pretty rad, and and the Jewish revolts. And uh, we hike. Uh, we do all these awesome things on top of uh, of serving. So, and because this is the Just Servants podcast, oh yeah, it is. So we have to serve, and that's what I want to connect people with through our Origins program. Yes, sir. So, Ryan, okay. Yes. We got this question for him. Okay. Yeah, we do. It's about more evangelism. More mixed with some of Israel that he just talked about. <laughs> Israel. So. Ask him the question, Ryan. 
how do Jewish people respond to an American coming over there and to their holy land, to their land, and spread the messian- messianic news of Jesus Christ? Mm. Well, what, can I ask another little component to it? Oh, yeah. You're talking about the holy land, but what about Jewish people that are just all around the world? Yeah. Are, you know? mm. Another question is, what is... This is going to be hard to do quickly, but what's the big difference between what they believe and what we believe? Because it's the Holy Land. That's where Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Why are they not saved like we are? Mm, great question. And how long do I have? Yeah. <laughs> the, the clock is ticking. Um, they're not fans. Uh, most Jewish people, actually, it's it's very fascinating. Jewish people... Um, are uh, not that excited when people try to share the gospel with them. And let's just think of it like this, and I mean this. Uh, imagine if a, uh, a Muslim um, came to you and tried to get you to become a Muslim. Mm-hmm. You know, you would be offended. Or if, uh, you know, when a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon comes and try to convert you to their faith, you know, you're asking somebody to to move from one place to another. But the problem is that with Judaism... Christianity is especially bad because it's especially bad because Christians sadly have persecuted the Jewish people. Yeah, we uh, sadly persecuted the Jewish people over the centuries. And so, you know, a lot of Jewish parents will say to their kids, you can be anything you want. You don't even have to believe in Judaism. Um, You can be whatever you want, be successful, be this, be that. But please don't be Christian. And so, in fact, you know, uh, it's and it's really deeply rooted in the fact that uh, Christians really have persecuted the church when when that's not what Jesus called us to do. He called us to love Israel, the Jewish people, and he called us to be a witness to them um, for the good news. But what happened is the church in the early church period and even up until, you know, the last uh, in the 1950s and 60s. Um, you know, were were very, they persecuted the Jewish people. And so there's a bad taste in their mouth. But, you know, um, it's very important to always make sure you find opportunities to share your faith. Uh, and not in a forceful way, because it's never God who does the work of, of uh, I mean, it's never you who saves somebody. Mm. It's God who does it. So it's just Amen. you being the person that's there to be a light of the Messiah to them. And I always highly uh, encourage loving the Jewish people to life. Amen. That was amazing. Now, a question I have is, we had a professor not too not too long ago. It was a little bit. Um, his name is Tom Simcox. Oh, yeah. That's my boy. That's your boy. How, how well do you know him? I know him very well. He actually trained me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, Tom, very passionate about the Jewish people. Very mm-hmm. passionate. Very loving. Have you... What has been your favorite thing to witness, either from Tom or anyone else, as a Friends, Friends of Israel-like mission? Mm. You know, uh, I was just talking about this with some of our interns. It's the simplicity of building a relationship that makes the difference in somebody's life. And Tom Simcox is really good and has so many great Jewish friends that he genuinely loves. Mm. And they love him. And you might just think, well, that's simple. Well, you know what? Sometimes that, that's the way God works is in the simplicity of loving somebody and showing them compassion and showing them love and showing them uh, that you're focused on them. And that's what Tom has done for decades 
in the Jewish community is uh, is always being his testimony is always shining for Christ, and that is something Tom Simcox and many other Friends of Israel representatives have taught me over the years. And so that's why we're called the Friends of Israel because we genuinely want to be a friend mm-hmm. to Israel and the Jewish people uh, for the for in the name of Jesus. So um, yeah, that's really important to us. And even if Jewish people don't want to believe, which a lot of people don't, you know what? We still sit. We still want to be. Uh, friends with them. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. We don't just leave them or abandon them. We stay friends with them no matter what. Because God made a promise to the Jewish people. Yeah, yeah. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And so we really believe that. Yes, he did. Why would you say that the Jewish people aren't necessarily saved even though God has promised them they are the chosen people and in the end he will return for them? Yeah, that's a great question and here's the thing is that what the apostle paul tells us and it's even what jesus tells us is that uh salvation is for the jew first and then also for the greek or uh that that ultimately it's the good news for the jew and the greek or the gentile and so we know what paul tells us ultimately in the book of romans is that sin doesn't have a nationality and even though they're God's chosen people, it doesn't matter. We're all still sinful people. We talked about sin before. And we all still carry that burden of sin. And we all, doesn't matter if you're Jewish or not Jewish, you all, a Gentile, you all still need a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. And that's the case that Paul is building. Um, so we've all fallen short of the glory and holiness of who God is and God provided a way and it doesn't matter who you are. Um, and so actually we get the picture of sin. We understand what sin is. Do you know where that comes from? It comes from the Old Testament. We know what sin is because sin uh, is, is, uh, is laid bare and gives, is, defin- is defined in the Old Testament in many ways. And so even from the understanding of the Jewish people, we get our definition of sin and we realize we're all sinners equally. Uh, and so uh, sin is an equal opportunity, um, you know, uh, a way of infecting everybody. And so Jesus came for Jew and Gentile. We all mm-hmm. come to God the same way. Yep. Even though God chose those people, uh, God chose Israel and the Jewish people to be the conduit of blessing to the world. And that's why Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, because he's blessed. He's the Jewish Messiah. He came because of the blessing of the Jewish people uh, that God promised them. But also think about it. You're a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. You're a Gentile. We've all been blessed by the Jewish people because of what Jesus did for us. Well, thank you, Chris, very much. You guys are awesome. <laughs> No, uh, you're awesome. You're awesome, or well, man, if we just want to go at it right now, we can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace out. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.